Hi, I'm Clemmie Telford and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. M&S hardly need any introduction, but I am thrilled to have them on board as the sponsors of Series 2. I don't know about you, but whenever I buy something from M&S, I feel like a proper grown-up. From a classic trench coat to a great cut suit, I always feel assured that I'm investing in something that will stand the test of time and will remain a staple of my wardrobe for years to come. Today I am joined by two excellent women. One is a global Adidas brand ambassador, a personal trainer, mentor and motivational speaker. She is Adrienne. And she is joined by DJ, fitness expert, sports nutritionist, backstage TV presenter of The Voice. She is AJ. Hello. Hello, Hello, ladies. Hello. The name of the game of this podcast is about being honest. And I like to start with a quick fire round to get us all in that kind of zone. So I'm going to alternate between you. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Four. AJ? Six. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I wanted to say ten. (laughs) Don't, there's no I'm need like, to Why are we bringing ourselves down? No, I mean, I'm being, being honest. Cool. I'm, I said four because I know that if people saw me like fly on the wall being myself at home, I ain't cool. Yeah, uh, well, I'm like, I'm not cool, but basically <laughs> I define myself as cool just because my nieces and nephews have started they to think, cool. think that I'm a little bit cool. Okay. And like when a kid, I mean, you both have children. Yeah. Children are so honest. Yeah, brutal. So once you've got their seal of approval, I'm like, Take come it. on, I am doing well. So like, what did, to remind me, what did you give yourself? I give myself a six. But she's bumping it up. But it? Now, I'm, now I'm giving myself a seven. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how nice are you? Nine. Ooh. I'd say nine as well. Good girls, back yourselves. On a scale of one to ten, how strong are you? Nine. Nine. Yeah, I like it. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Night owl. <laughs> Dog or cat person? Dogs. I can't stand cats. Dogs. Don't be pressured. Do you, you like either? either. You don't N- like neither. animals? <laughs> neither. You don't like animals? I do like animals, but I'm quite scared of dogs because I've been bitten by one and chased by another. And cats are just quite snobby. Yeah, they are. They don't give me enough attention. <laughs> You don't like animals, be out with it, Do but you are strong and cool. She hates animals. <laughs> I don't hate animals. Well, just, you know, the, we don't go together. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Extrovert. <laughs> what star sign are you? I'm not into... Oh, Virgo. I'm not into star signs, I always yeah, have to think, but Virgos yeah. never are. I'm Virgo. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, oh, oh. God, such a trick, Adrian. <laughs> um, I'm an Aquarius. Are you? Yes. When did you last cry? <laughs> oh... Not really a crier, so when did I last cry? I'm trying to think of something that made me cry. I I don't know, maybe a film? I, I don't no, know. Not, not, not recently, not recently. Last night. And I am very emotional, actually, so I cry, honestly, like every other day. It's so weird. I feel like even one scary thought, I'll just burst into tears. <laughs> I'll just be like, That's oh, right. Nothing wrong I with think that. it's good. You should probably let it out. Yeah. Says the, says the non-crier. Cry. <laughs> I know. When did you last weigh yourself? 
way mm. oh i remember because i was in a hotel so it's probably a couple of months ago i was in italy and they had scales in the bathroom so i remember being, and i don't own any so i remember yeah. being like oh that's novel let me just jump on and see so yeah when i was in italy about three months ago uh last october Oh, well. I was doing <laughs> a TV specific. show. Yeah, but no, but like you, you Adrian, I don't weigh myself and I had to weigh myself for a TV show. So, yeah, that's it. I've weighed the same for like four years. Yeah, I agree. I kind of sit in the same bit apart yeah. from when I was pregnant, obviously. Mm. No, yeah, you had to put on a few yeah. pounds to do that. <laughs> Have you ever wet yourself as an adult? What do you define as adult? <laughs> well, uh, over 18. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think because there was once, this is like, not an adult, but I was, it was definitely high school. So it was once in high school and it's because I was really desperate. I was running home from school. And oh, I still panic, remember the, the trauma panic. because I remember being like on my front door, just being like, I can't <laughs> get my keys to the door. Then I got in the house, but I had school tights on and I just couldn't get that. So there's that time and then also in labour. So that doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, nothing counts in labour, no, trust me. All the fluids. All of it. So yeah, those are mine. Oh, yeah. And it was when I was training for the damn marathon. I um, hate, we're being honest. Yeah. I uh, get the runs sometimes <laughs> when I'm running. Like, yeah, long that's distances. really common. Yeah. Really common. Didn't get to the toilet in time, so I oh. soiled myself. Oh, gosh. And wow. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely traumatic. Yeah. Oh, You're there's like, nothing you can do once you've got to that point of yeah. no return. Um, how did you do in your GCSEs and has it impacted your life? Oh, well, it hasn't impacted my life in one, not one bit because I didn't do A-levels, I didn't do university. I actually went to performing arts school, um, but I did all right. I remember thinking in certain areas, I remember being like, huh, I'll show you teachers. So I think in English, maths and PE, I got A's. And then I think I got like B's and C's. But I do remember my teachers just always being like, you talk too much, you're easily distracted, you've got lots of potential, but you don't use it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this environment is not conducive to my learning. Like some skills, are not quantifiable in the same way as like traditional academic learning mm-hmm. but outliers often succeed and have you know achieve great things so yeah I kind of did all right and wanted to say to them you see so that's a long answer that's interesting Adrienne right because basically I am gonna say that I feel like I absolutely smashed my GCSEs good for you I got two C's I still remember I got two C's three B's five A's and an A star yes and very much like you Adrian, I was always told you're too this you're too that you're too loud you talk too much I had one teacher actually said you are going to become nothing oh, she actually said wow. that and I Look remember being now. like excuse me so oppositely to you however Adrian, I do think that my GCSEs have done a lot for me for my confidence and for proving other people wrong and actually justifying to myself that actually whilst someone is saying that you know this is how you're meant to behave in this environment you might break that norm but it doesn't mean that you're worthless and it doesn't mean that you can't go on to achieve great things amen it is interesting though to hear people's GCSE results because it's literally it's like you're everything isn't it and then no one ever asks you ever again um (laughs) where are you happiest I'm happiest when I'm abroad but with family not when you're like working yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm happiest when I'm abroad in a hot climate with a pina colada in my hand with the option of exercise, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's there, um, with mates, yeah. with friends and family. It's always yeah. the sunshine. Yeah. Biggest regret? My biggest regret is basically taking an ex-boyfriend back 
after he was in Fearful. Oh. Oh, yeah. That is my biggest regret. Why did I go back and waste another year and a half? Was it that long? Oh my gosh. I really like I tried. hate him still. Yeah. We, <laughs> we oh, hate him now. Yeah. Obviously. Well, yeah. Definitely. I mean, obviously he's cancelled now, but back then I was like still absolutely besotted and I was convinced that I could make it work. At least you've learned from it. Yeah, but limit what a waste what of time a long lesson <laughs> i think my biggest regret would be when i was younger and i say younger but probably even in my 20s trying to change myself and dilute myself and adapt to what other people yeah to make other people like me mm-hmm. now i don't do that it's a joy of getting older isn't <laughs> yeah. it i'm sorry not everyone could like you it's okay no never gonna happen three words that your friends would use to describe you Oh, I think my friends would describe me as energetic, ambitious, fun, I hope. <laughs> yes, I'm Yeah, your would you agree? I agree. Okay. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Adrian, but I think my friends would describe me as loud, of ambitious and emotional. Yes, very true. <laughs> At least you know yourself. Yeah. Nothing if not self-aware. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was supposed to be the bit that was like the quick bit, but yeah. you know. <laughs> no, fear, yeah, no fear about getting you two talking. We are here to talk about a big topic and the big topic we're talking about is fear. So I see you two as brave people, but as someone who suffers with anxiety, I have learned that it's often the people you least expect who are suffering with with fear. So let's get deep into that. Do either of you have any irrational phobias and what are they? My only irrational fear is of snakes. I've never met a snake. I don't like I've never touched a snake. I don't know why I'm so scared of them. But I know for a fact if like there was a snake in the box, I'd freak out. Out. See, I that's know weird because I am not scared of snakes at all. Yeah, no. Like, I'd just be like moving like would a you belt. Really? Yeah. It's like. Oh. Do you know what though? I think my fear of snakes relates back to my religious upbringing. So I've always been taught that you know the the snake is the devil. The serpent. Yeah, the devil. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a sign it's, of the devil. So you see them as these really evil creatures. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, but that's, there's a lot of yeah mythology, like you say, religions that, that do use the snake as the sign of the serpent from the Bible. So yeah. That makes sense. Small dogs I'm fine with, but big dogs I'm like terrified of. I got chased by a German shepherd oh, when that is scary. I was doing my paper round. And again, <laughs> when I was on my way to college. Sorry to laugh, do you know what I mean? Really... We're laughing. And I'm like, I thought I was going to die. And also, um, a staff bit me on my groin and it literally knocked me off my feet. And so, well, I mean, you've got every reason to be. Yeah. Yeah. Having experienced the strength of dogs, dogs, (laughs) I'm literally like, if a dog wanted to take you down, it actually could. Like, just because you've met friendly ones, doesn't mean that it doesn't have the capacity and the power to rip your head off. Because it actually does. Although someone was talking to me about cats. And if you get bitten by a cat, you have to go immediately to hospital because they've got something in their teeth means that. It's really, really bad. You have to be put on IV. Tell you what, if you weren't afraid before, you are now. (laughs) We're well clear of animals. But um, let's talk about like more regular fear, which is, I guess, not anxiety, but when you're nervous about something. How does that uh, manifest itself for you guys? 
So mine is quite a long one, but the way it manifests for me is essentially I worry about things to do with health and to do with um, both yeah, physical health, so getting an illness, a disease, um, maybe, I don't know, having an accident or an injury. So my husband has epilepsy and he um, suffered a brain hemorrhage and it was a spontaneous brain hemorrhage. He was like healthy, fit, young guy, didn't smoke, didn't drink, like literally was training for London Marathon, PE teacher, a picture of health. Yeah. Like you don't, And yeah, we literally went to bed one night he had no headache he had no pain he had no symptoms we had been running we went to bed and he had a brain hemorrhage so for me that was the start really I don't think I'd ever experienced anxiety before in my life I'd just kind of fortunately just floated along and I hadn't experienced that before and I think actually when he had the hemorrhage he suffered seizures as a result of it and then developed epilepsy and honestly like it was so traumatizing you know obviously for him but also for me to be to witness to those seizures to have to think what to do call an ambulance to have to be the person responsible when he was then at home trialing different medications is he going to have another seizure is he not it was constantly feeling of eggshells of thinking you cannot control the situation and there's no warning sign and Mm. that is what's scary yeah because you can't there's nothing you can do to manage it no and if someone had said to me I'm, I'm a real kind of like I'm a statistical person I like analytical thinking if someone had said to me this is the cause and this is the effect mm. I would have preferred that but because it was this word of spontaneous and uncaused and all that I've just got to sit with it yeah because the way that then manifested if I'm honest is then I worried about other people getting sick so I'd be like if my son then got cold from school it's like a cold, like kids get colds. Yeah, but I'd then be the thinking, time. is he going to get a rash? Has he got meningitis? Is he going really? to go? It would spiral. And then with myself, I'd think, oh, I feel a bit tired. I've got a bit of a headache. Oh, what if that's? A, what if I've got a cancer in my thyroid? Like I'd literally just make stuff up because it was so out of the blue for Rob mm. that made me think, well, anything could happen out of the blue. You can't just assume, oh, well, don't be daft. You're young and healthy and fit. Mm. So was he. And what I discovered about myself with that, the way I was coping with fear was that I was kind of putting it in this box of going, put the fear in the box, shut the lid. And my the way I used to speak about it was like, Rob had a seizure. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. He's fine now. And I kept saying it to myself, like, he's fine now. Like, you've got to move on. You've got to forget about it. Like, he's, he's fine. He's fine. And that's like a denial. And that denial makes the fear worse because you're just ignoring it. And so over time, what I learned to do um, was to, it was kind of like affirmations and speaking it out loud was really powerful for me. So I used to say, Instead of saying he'll never have a seizure Mm -hmm. again, I used to say, if he does have a seizure again, you'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. If he does have a seizure again, he'll be fine. I used to say, it's not the same now. And I used to say that to myself because it now obviously takes medication and, you know, you'd ring an ambulance. It isn't a total unknown now because actually Mm -hmm. when he has had them since, you do, you know. You have to know what to do. Yeah. This is a mad thing. You think in all these, like the worst case scenario, but often when the worst case scenario is upon you, you're like, you act, yeah, yeah you do. And I was it's, calm. It's the, it's the dread of that, which is the hard thing to deal with. It's so fascinating because if everyone was looking at your Instagram feed and looking at the amazing things that you do, you'd go, oh, look at, you know, look at her, she's yeah, nailing it. And yeah. it is interesting, though, isn't it? Like uh, why certain people are naturally or, you know, more fearless than others, you know. But then when it comes to myself and similar to you, mm. probably, things that just involve me, so like the marathon we both well, did that together to ask about. we were both or, terrified or, or, um, oh yeah we freaked out I mean an SAS I yeah, mean I need to, to hear talk about, about SAS, SAS. So AJ was on, what's its full title SAS uh, celebrity SAS who dares wins for stand up to cancer I mean Very catchy oh title. my <laughs> word if you haven't watched this and it's it was hard watching it knowing you for real because <laughs> like 
I mean, that is hard. That show yeah. is hard. Yeah. It's not really even a show. It's like some kind of torture test. <laughs> it's it's bananas, isn't it, really? Because essentially it's a it's a show that's hosted by four ex-Special Forces guy. And they put us on a course to see whether we'd pass the test to be in the Special Forces. And we are, we were in a really extreme conditions in Chile, in the Andes Mountains in South America. It was absolutely freezing. And we were sleep deprived, food deprived, bit dehydrated and yeah I was made to like abseil off the face of a cliff well you went in the ice didn't you go in some ice water yeah ice water and guess what my two biggest genuine fears are like heights and deep water one because I nearly drowned as a child so and and I actually can't swim so that's a rational fear um and heights it's just high, isn't it? It's just so scary. And, um, you know, I was forced to do things that, you know, so my instincts are saying, to rewind, how much notice are you given before you, you actually go on it? I was given two weeks notice. Oh, my word. Um, and I, I thought... I sweat as a control freak. Can I just say as well here that we sat together, do you remember, having brunch, and AJ said to me, oh, I'm going to do this show, I think. Like, yeah, my agent told me this yesterday. But, and I, I'd seen it and I was yeah, like, like do you know? and I was showing you videos on YouTube on my phone being She's like, babe, out. this is what you're doing it's in two hard. weeks. And she was like, I think so. Maybe, is it that one? And I was like, yeah, babe. And I was like, at the time as well, because obviously you train, like I said, we've done the marathon, but you were like, oh, I've not really been working out. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to hit a few classes. Maybe go to Barry's tomorrow. And I was like, babe, like this is a big deal. Well, like you need to prep for this. But also, I mean, it, it is about fitness, but with something like that, it's just, it's a headspace. It's, it's very strength. psychological. But do you know what, actually? Opposite to you two, and you're very prepared. <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I'm quite scatty. I don't know my diary until the night before or the morning <sighs> of. I just go with the flow. I just, I'm like, come on, man. Uh, my attitude is very much like when you're faced with a scenario you'll either do it or you won't Mm. and I know that nine times out of ten I always just get on with it I might have a little panic attack beforehand but I just I just know myself I'm like it's fine this is this is how I work I work last minute quite a spontaneous person so I always just figure things out that one yeah maybe I should (laughs) just looked at a few I was actually showing you a video showed his house being like Ben this is what you're doing I was like good luck and then also you were like this is funny AJ goes to me oh but it's in Chile so you know get a bit of sun and then literally you arrive to the foot of a mountain in the snow <laughs> it's Baltic I didn't even like check the weather forecast so how long how long are you there for there for 10 days the first three days is like acclimatization trying to get used to the altitude which I mean it yeah. really does knock you sick um <laughs> And then filming begins. And also, they don't tell you when filming begins. I just knew because we sort of went out for like a training run. I had a bag over my head and then they ripped the bag off my head. And they're like, right, you're going to fall backwards out of this helicopter into the sea, uh, swim to shore. I obviously couldn't swim to shore. I got rescued. And then you're going to get changed in front of everyone, carry 23 kg and run up this mountain. Go. And you're like, but at that point, oh, I guess right. in terms of fear, like obviously you get that rush of panic, but there's nothing you can do. It's happening no. then. Again, you're either doing it or or you're not. Honestly, I'm a summer person through and through, but seeing what's in store at Marks and Spencers might just persuade me to enjoy autumn. There's some gorgeous knitwear and trendler denim that make the cooler days seem a little bit more appealing. 
head over to mns.co.uk to see for yourself. Well, the scary thing about that whole show, that whole process, was actually being left with your own thoughts. So I am very busy. I lead a very busy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am emotional and I'll burst into tears. I'll, I'll get quite overwhelmed sometimes. However, one thing I notice that I don't do that often is like true deep reflection and, you know, take the time to just compute what is going on Mm. and actually the hardest thing about that show was even though you know I was with 11 other celebrities and you know all of these people around me I actually found the experience quite lonely quite isolating and yeah I was forced into my own headspace a lot which did actually freak me out there was this part which was an interrogation Mm -hmm. And we was holding stress positions for 13 consecutive hours in a dark room with bags over our heads. We had, we had blindfolds on, but we also had the sound, like really distressing sounds in our headphones. I didn't realise it was for that long. Yeah, like back to back. It was awful. And I just remember the interrogation was so hard because there was no escape. And there was no escape from your own mind, which is... it. You know, I just think that your mind is so powerful. Mm. It can really bring you up, but it can take you Mm. to the fires of hell. And, oh, it's so stressful. And again, that thing of not knowing when it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just, yeah, it's such a daunting thought and was honestly one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Um, I came back to suffer with like nightmares for like two and a half months I was scared of the dark I couldn't wear headphones it was really awful however when you come out of that you feel so proud of yourself I've learned that I'm so much more resilient than I thought I learned that I can bounce back from like dark moments and actually it was a real extreme form of therapy because you're like okay well if I can do that I can do anything Yeah, that is a really helpful place to get to, isn't it? With me, which is not the same, but I had three babies and my second two were at home. Mm. And once you've like, I've breathed the baby out, you've just got to have a (laughs) reference point. You're like, whatever this is, yeah, I can do that. Or you can sit in a room with headphones on, yeah. Or you can watch your husband have a seizure. And once you've got that reference point... Absolutely. But I also learned that fear is you know so fascinating for me because fear can hold you back and it can be Mm. really crippling and it can uh, lead you to avoid certain situations and not put yourself forward for things that actually could be great opportunities Mm. but actually sometimes fear propels you forward if you can somehow get the fear behind you to push you forward it's actually a great thing there was this one time on SASU Days Rooms that we was asked to sort of like do these monkey bars across a waterfall that was called the devil's throat Awful name. Awful name. Um, For religious people. Yeah, (laughs) awful. But it was a waterfall 200 feet high and you look down and the water actually disappears into a black hole. It just disappears. You're like, who's measured that it's 200 metres? It could be... It could be further. I don't know. But I just knew for a fact that I was not going to fall. I was like, I'm going. And, you know, you. I was holding on to these ladders, which... Honestly, it was like 
having knives dug into my hands. It was so painful. And, you know, I think this is a few days in now. You're dehydrated, you're knackered, like your upper body strength, if you had any to begin with, has completely depleted. And I just remember thinking, I am not falling down there. Everyone's telling me that, you know, don't worry if you do fall, the ropes will catch you. Uh, but if you've got a genuine fear of heights, you never trust in anything. You know, I don't yeah. trust that those ropes are going to break and I'm certainly not testing it out 200 metres high. So actually, in that scenario, fear was really good because I was like, to be honest, if I was only three feet from the ground, you I'd have just let go. go. Yeah, but that's, you know, it's so interesting that you said that. A couple of things that you said, I was like going, oh yeah, you know. And one of them about fear then, is fear is actually essential. Fear is essential. So although we're saying, you know, irrational fears, phobias, etc., fear is a human emotion that is essential. Mm. And actually, when you were saying then about, you know, you lead a busy life and you, you know, we've always got stimulus, you've got phone, we've got TV, we've got things, we've got people around us, so you don't have to sit with your mind and sit in stillness or whatever. And so I think all of us now, because we do have constant, you know, stimulus, and especially our kids too, because we're never we never sit in boredom or we never sit in stillness or we never just have to as you said just be then actually like when when it comes to how you know that's something that's essential solitude is essential like yeah. all of these things and fear if we didn't have it you know I guess you know boring but ancestrally like that is what kept you alive mm. it's what kept you safe it's you know there's a reason that anxiety exists yeah. and it is you know when it's bad I, I can attest that you don't want to be feeling that at two o'clock in the morning in bed but actually fear will keep you alive fear is something that if you didn't have it we wouldn't be here as a species so yeah. it's kind of a balance right of being like yes fear is okay not just not just avoiding it because if we just avoid a life of no fear a life of no discomfort yeah. we'll never grow we'll never mm. achieve and that's something I'm mindful of as a parent is that we can't keep our children from you know not feeling discomfort not feeling yeah, yeah. fear never feeling you know rejection or or how are they going to build resilience they mm. have to feel those things mm-hmm. and I always like to think that actually fear and excitement are the same feeling aren't they and if you reframe it in your head I call it school disco nerves that's my first ever <laughs> feeling of anxiety it's like before the school disco and actually you go oh no that's excitement that I'm feeling so before you do something scary maybe like the marathon or public speaking you can either say to yourself oh and go in this spiral of I'm I'm anxious or you go oh no my body's bringing its a-game I'm, yeah. I'm excited to do this I like to uh, throw these things out to Instagram which I did the other day and ask people on the internet about fear so first I asked people to share what their phobias were and then I asked people if they felt like they were getting more fearful with age and 83% said that they were but I mean I'm, I'm wondering whether that's just a natural order of life isn't it Maybe. I think so, because I, I would agree. I think it's experience. I think it's knowledge. I think it's, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And like I said, when I was 23 years old and I was pregnant as well at the time when all that yeah. happened, and I was so happy. Like, similar to you, I was in my, a great job that I loved. I was performing in a musical in the West End. I was pregnant. I was newly wed. I was literally just like, great. Like I said, I didn't feel anxiety. I didn't feel fear. Yeah. It's things that have happened in life or experiences that have taught me to be cautious. It's yeah. like putting your hand on the fire and burning. Yeah. You're not going to forget that. It's not to say, you're going to go on about it and relive it every day but you're not going to touch it again because you've been burnt and so I definitely think people get more fearful with age and it's something that I want to be mindful of because I look at 
people that are older than me, like older generation mm. in my life. And I sometimes think, oh, come on, like get out your yeah, comfort you zone. Yeah, start having those rules like, you know, oh, I don't oh, drive do at night. And, oh, I don't go further than this. Yeah, and, or traveling abroad yeah, and you or, miss out. Just to say, for example, my mum is really scared of getting lost. So she won't drive at night and things like that. So for one Christmas, I remember me and my sister, we got a, a Tom Tom, and it seemed like so ridiculous, but it's given her a new leash yeah. of life. And, you know, I'll say things to her like, mum, if you're freaking out or you've you've missed the junction on the motorway, it's fine. Just go on the roundabout and start again. That is true. And then I also ask people how they they cope and a couple of people said avoidance and alcohol which probably aren't to be recommended but breathing meditation and CBT which is cognitive behavioural therapy which is what I have had and it was hugely helpful do you have any particular coping strategies? So I think as I said a little bit before the Oh, affirmations and actually speaking them because people will all go oh yeah positive affirmation I've heard that whatever but they don't actually try it and I think like I said it's really powerful when yeah. you say something out loud you can say it until you believe it so that's what I always say because it's not about telling yourself a lie and fooling yourself but say something and even if you don't believe it at first repeat it mm. repeat it say it every day and say it and speak it to, to power speak it until you do believe it yeah absolutely I completely agree I don't know whether it's like a good coping mechanism but I am like I said I'm very emotional so now I know I know what to do I'm a bit like right this is a formula that's worked for me in the past first of all just let it out that's me yeah. and then what I've found massively helps which is so underrated people talk about meditation exercise all of these things which is so true like it it does boost your mood but sleeping Ugh. I'm telling you sleep I've is just power and then after a good night's sleep you automatically Ugh. just feel so much better and then you've got you know, more clarity and then you can start to think, right, like what went wrong there? How can I better it? You can't think straight when you're tired and anxious and emotional. But the older generation were right when they say sleep on it. It's it's never as bad in the morning, is it? I um, used to work at Facebook. Have either of you been to Facebook offices? And they're plastered with affirmations, actually, which is really powerful. But one that is, is very common is what would you do if you weren't afraid? And it's such a great question to to ladder back to. With, with every decision you make, you know, what's the safe option and what's the brave option and, and what would be the consequence of that? Mm. Do you feel that you've pushed yourselves to be to be brave or face fear and, and has that had a positive outcome? Gosh, go on. I would certainly say that I have. And sometimes I question why. <laughs> I always think, why did you do that thing? Or like six years ago when I lost my dream job, like why did I put myself back out there for more rejection, for the, the potential of more knockbacks? Like, why do I do it? Sometimes I do put that down to my upbringing and my background. I think, well, I'm from a very working class family. Both my parents are Nigerian immigrants. Both my parents to this day don't own their own properties and things like that so I don't have a safety net of my parents or falling back on them financially or or for anything apart from like emotional support really sometimes I've I've likened some of my experiences to feel like I'm in the middle of a really dark tunnel but I'm right in the middle of it so I'm like okay if you turn around and go back to the start then you're literally travelling the same distance. You just might as well keep going forward. And that's 
just one of my biggest things that I tell myself every day, like forwards is forwards. It doesn't matter how slow you're going, Mm -hmm. progress is progress. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me coming coming back for more. Mm. When you said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? My, I guess the thing that I want most in life, if you like, you know, you're just talking then, it's like the bigger the reward, the bigger the fear, right? Mm. So the thing that I want more most in life is to have more children. I absolutely adore motherhood. I, My husband is a brilliant father. I want my son to have siblings and it's something that I want. And you make gorgeous kids. Oh, thanks. He is a cutie. So yeah, and I want more children. And due to different things, you know, husband's medication, different things, it's been really difficult, really difficult. So we did IVF treatment. That was very difficult. Again, you've got to be brave. You've got to do mm. these things. And Um, we conceived I had two embryos I had twin pregnancy and lost them both so that at that time I feel like I was like okay I've been brave I've tried I haven't no one can say you haven't tried I tried and what I would do if I wasn't afraid is I would continue to persist and I'd just keep trying another thing another thing another thing until I got those babies but if I'm honest I think fear holds me back it does it holds me back but allowing yourself to dream allowing yourself Mm. to believe and then it all going wrong so in my way of of self-preservation in that sense is just going oh let's just leave it for a while we'll talk about it again next year you know oh I'm only 31 and I keep putting it off when the reality is if I wasn't afraid that's what I'd be doing right now Mm. I'm not going to give up but it's just funny when you as soon as you said it you were like what would you do if you weren't afraid I was like that's what I'd do actually I'd be trying to have babies and I'm just it's like lots of people I'm sure can relate it's not as simple as being like oh I want to have a baby but it's just like you can't let the fear rule your life no you can't and otherwise your life gets smaller and smaller and smaller doesn't it Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that I'll add back to you've got to push push yourself hard otherwise yeah what's the point Mm. watch this space guys watch this space (laughs) there'll be a crash Adrienne soon I hope so I hope so I hope so me too so this is a bit before the end where I get you to remind people of your social channels and also shout about anything exciting that you're doing that people might might like to hear about so I am at AJ or D-U-D-U. Everyone spells my surname wrong. Um, I hear you do do across all You platforms. did just have to do those letters on your fingers, though. So I know. It's like when people ask me to spell Clementine. I'm like, think, think, think. It's hard. Busted. <laughs> I'll just spell your own name, AJ. Um, yes, and you can catch me on all of the platforms like the Voice UK Kids. So I do all of the backstage presenting thing. Um... What else am I doing? She's everywhere. I'm you everywhere. can't miss her. You can't, you can't miss, miss her. her. <laughs> Just type in AJ, you'll find her. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> you will actually find you quite quickly. It's yeah, so she's fun. on the telly, she's in magazines, she's booked and busy. Your girl's booked, busy, blessed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. And you? Uh, mine is on Insta, Twitter, all of those things. It's at Adrienne LDN for London. And um, what am I shouting about? The Power Hour. I have my own podcast called The Power Hour, which is my passion and I love it. And yeah, that's what what I'm working on. Last but not least, um, honest conversation. Who would you have an honest conversation with and what could it say? You say it could be a troll, a celebrity, a family member, a younger version of yourself, your child. Oh, Oh wow, they've got really big thinking faces on here. Oh, it's it's an so honest because it's because it's honest conversation. Yeah. Like if you just like have a chat with any like so many people, but an honest conversation, I would. Uh, 
It's hard, isn't it? Because mm. I go through phases where I think, oh, I really want to talk to my ex-boyfriend and ask him why he did what he did and why he didn't so do I. just, do you know what I mean? And like why he didn't apologise profusely and, and why he allowed me to go on for years just asking myself questions whether I'd done something wrong, whether I'd failed, et cetera, et cetera. But then sometimes I'm like, no, I never want to speak to him again. Obviously, I would. I don't, don't waste even, your breath. Like, why would I waste my breath? Why would yeah. I waste my time? Sometimes I think teachers, Ooh, um, yes. my my secondary school teachers in particular, there's some teachers that I just want to like reach out to and go, oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, because I would say that there was a handful of teachers that were like, AJ, they saw me. Do you know what I mean? They were like, you're amazing. You're going to go on and do amazing things. And I was like, yes, you're so right. (laughs) (laughs) You're You're right. right. I'm great. You get it. You get it. Um, But some teachers didn't. And I I would say to those teachers, like, you don't realise, like, the power of your words Mm. and you really should be careful. Yeah, I'm going to curveball it because there's so many people I'm probably thinking about in my life, like you said, who are like, ooh, honest conversation. But you know what? I'd love to have an honest conversation with Russell Brand because I love him I love his brain I feel like this man I listen to him I watch his shows I'm just like when we meet and it will happen I just feel like yeah that's who I'd love to have a really deep honest conversation but you know you'll meet him and literally have no words you're oh just, no, I'm going to be ready. He's just got so many long words. His brain, hasn't he? I just want to go inside that brain. Yeah. yeah. These <laughs> girls have spent a lot of time being very honest, so I'm trying to add a little bit where I'm honest. So this week, I'll be honest and let you know that I really, really don't get why young people wear their bikini bottoms so high. Aren't oh, they? To, make like, the, to, make, to make the legs look I longer. I know, but it, they can't actually walk around with them like that. So you mean like the thong one? No, the not thong. The front? But they're literally like up here now, aren't yeah, they? The I had a, I had a I try. It. Yeah, I love it, but it's it's just a whole new thing, isn't it? It's yeah. getting higher and higher. Well, I I get the high waistedness of it because you want what, to make your legs look longer. I get that, but what I don't get is the girls who give themselves a wedgie. Oh yeah, to get that with a non thong bikini. With a non thong yeah, bikini, that's, you're just shoving all the fabric yeah. between, and it doesn't look good. And it doesn't look good. I'm like, yeah. get a thong get bikini, a thong bikini. bikini. <laughs> or don't bother. No, yeah. it's, it's so true. But I know it's making me sound really old, but I'm finding it quite weird. No, I find <laughs> I find that weird. Gosh, there's so many things I find weird. <laughs> but I really appreciate you talking to me a, a lot about fear it's been really interesting hasn't it yeah it's gonna i'm gonna really check myself i think on my own mm. behavior and know a lot more about you two that you might not have expected so i've been clemmy telford and these two lovely ladies have been adrian and aj and this has been honestly podcast thank you for listening please rate review subscribe and tell your mates all about it thank you very much see ya Yay. thanks That's almost it, but I'm going to do that usual thing at the end where I say please do rate, review and subscribe. It means a lot to me and also it means that you get the episodes before anyone else. So it works out well for both of us. And before I go, one final thank you to the brilliant team at M&S. I'm over the moon to be partnering with them on this season of Honestly. These guys are making it possible to bring these important conversations to life and supporting my mission of truth and transparency, as well as making my very favourite cashmere jumpers on the high street. Oh, and one final thought. I'm always looking for inspiration for new subjects. So if you've got any topics that you'd like me to cover that I haven't done already, please do send your suggestions my way. You can either leave a comment below on iTunes or hop over to Instagram and send me a DM. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much.